Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hello and welcome in everybody to College Football Coast to Coast. I am your host, Tyler, and we're going to be continuing our season in review series. Uh, feels like a couple of weeks ago uh, we were continuing on this season in review series and we have two more conferences uh, to get to and then we'll have spring practice to get to. We just had the NFL scouting combine. We'll get to that in our new segment of who won the scouting combine, especially Anthony Richardson and what the numbers he put up. We'll look at some measurements, uh, like uh, there's some worries uh, about his size. The same thing with Stetson Bennett as well. We'll go down the line position by position of who I think won the NFL scouting. Part of our draft coverage uh, going into April, uh, the NFL draft will be kicking off on the last Thursday uh, of the a- of the month of April. They'll be going all the way into the month of May. I believe whenever it's that, that last Thursday and goes all the way into the first weekend of May. Nothing out. I know it's the off season. We're not really at our peak in the off season. Once we get the spring practices, we'll get our spring camps. Once we get the spring game going as well, well, we'll also be diving into that. Uh, so it's going to get a little busy on season, uh, but for us, really our peak of our season, whenever game hit, a little bit of off time uh, before fall practices uh, start up. And that's when we really get into the grind of this uh, this next uh, college football season. So today we're going to be looking at the Big Ten. Uh, next week we'll be looking at the SEC, and that will pretty much wrap up our season in review series. It's been fun. Uh, we first looked at the group of five, and then as we went on uh, throughout this all season after the national championship, we'll have looked at each uh, of the Power Five conferences. So what we have today is the Big Ten, and the Big Ten Wild Conference. Uh, we teams make it to the college football playoff we saw michigan and ohio state battle it out in the last game of the regular season and it wasn't really much of a game as michigan really controlled that game from start to ohio state uh, got off to that early lead and then uh, michigan came out of nowhere mccarthy had those really phenomenal passes uh, down the field he was able to find his open receivers and then the running game uh, they had no blake corm in that game uh, but uh, donovan edwards was able to do his job I- be 
a really good running back for Michigan. There is some news out of Michigan uh, that we got a couple of weeks ago that we covered here on the show uh, was that Blake Corum is going to be uh, out of spring practice. So hopefully Michigan uh, for the Wolverines, I know it's bad news that you want to hear Blake Corum really be healthy uh, for that team to really reach its peak going into the next season. Uh, but Blake Corum uh, should be available uh, for the 2023 season when Michigan opens up their season in early September. Uh, so we're going to be going through the East and the West. We're going to be doing our three bullet points here that we do here on the show. And that is our standout, most improved, and our loser of the conference. So since this is uh, two divisions, we're going to do a standout, most improved, and loser for the East. And then we'll we'll do the same thing uh, for the West. So kind of how we did it uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Pac-12. Uh, I believe it actually was another conference uh, that we did as well that had two divisions. Uh, that was a pretty show uh this might be a pretty lengthy show i hope we keep it here on college football coast to coast so let's go ahead and get started let's go with the east division we're going to run down the slate here michigan was the top team and ended up winning the big 10 championship game against the purdue bullet uh michigan finished their season 13 and 1 overall 9 and 0 in the conference uh the, the other team uh that really had a good season was ohio state overall 8 and 1 the conference and I was really going into the season that Ohio State was pretty much my go-to pick to win the national championship, just what they had coming back. I know that their defense was kind of question marks, but the hire of Jim Knowles uh, really made me in this uh, Buckeye defense. And returning a guy like C.J. Stroud, who really lit it up uh, in his second-year program, really had a good game against Utah in the Rose Bowl game. Another guy that I was really high on was Mark. And junior going into the season he really took over it was also jackson smith and jigba uh the last time we saw him on the field he was really explosive he had over 300 yards received a couple of touchdowns in that really phenomenal rose bowl game that we all uh turned to in that end of the season in 2021 uh, going into the 2022 season now uh jackson smith and jigba just couldn't really stay on the field he was Really was battling a lot of injuries uh, throughout the season. We had we saw him at times, but didn't really see him come in. And really, my main question mark was, you know, losing Chris Olave, losing Gary, who's going to be able to step up? And we saw Marvin Harrison Jr. had a really sensational campaign. He's going to be coming back uh, for them, unless he transferred. There are certain rumors he'll be going to USC, but for now, he's still uh, with Ohio State. So really good season for Ohio State. Penn State was the third overall team in that division, eleven and two overall, seven and two in the conference. Really breezed through the third season, a really dominating win against some non-conference opponents like Auburn, like Ohio, Central Michigan was another team that they had on their schedule. Really breezed through their schedule as they faced their their real challenge. Their first test was Michigan. Don't that test and then Ohio State uh, they were close to that game it was actually tied going into the fourth quarter uh, but Ohio State's defense was able to get a couple of te- uh, key turnovers by their defensive line uh, so Penn State overall finished their season on a high note beating Utah uh, in the Rose Bowl finishing there in their season at 11 and 2 the question I have for them the Sean Clifford era is now at the door you'll be losing uh, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, so there are some key guys on both sides of the ball to be looking out for. That's going to be the Drew Aller era going forward. Uh, so a lot to like about this Penn State team. Uh, I think that they're one of my teams going into this one that could be a sneaky pick to not only win the Big Ten Championship, uh, but make it to their first college football playoff appearance. They're, 
They uh, back in 2016, they had a shot at it, uh, but Ohio State ultimately like that made it to the college football playoff once again, like they always do. And then you have uh, your middle of the uh, middle of the pack teams, excuse me, uh, in the Big Ten conference. You had Maryland at eight and five. It was an okay season. That's what I expected. I had Maryland four whenever we were looking at it uh, in the preseason, uh, especially returning to Leah Tungavaloa. Uh, he has a good story with him. Uh, he's uh, Tua's younger brother. Tua is having an okay career in the NFL. He's still dealing with uh, some injury issues that has been lingering from his collegiate uh, season. And then you have Michigan State, a team that was kind of iffy going into the season. They had a lot of pieces missing, especially Kenneth Walker. That was their dude uh, last season. So uh, I didn't really expect anything much of this Michigan State team. I know that a lot of people were picking them to be kind of a sleeper team, especially with Peyton Thorne coming back. Uh, their defense just got exposed every week, I feel like, especially when they faced uh, the top half of this conference. And then you had Indiana Rutgers to finish out the East. So my standout has to be Michigan. I feel like this the two teams, either Michigan uh, or Ohio State. But in the end, uh, whenever I look at the standouts, it's got to be the head-to-head. you got to respect that. But I do like they had a better playoff appearance than Michigan. Uh, Michigan lost uh, against TCU. I feel like TCU dominated that game from start to finish. It was 52 to 46. But I feel like TCU should have won that game pretty convincingly. I mean, they got off to, I believe it was like a 20 to 7 lead. Uh, Michigan had the opportunity on the first drive. Uh, Donovan Edwards uh, busted out a 70 yard run. They were set up at the really inside their five yard line. They had three tries at it. Uh, they ran three times. Actually, no, they passed the ball three times after literally getting a big play uh, on the ground, which was stupid. And then they uh, decided to go for it on fourth and goal. It was a really risky call going for a little trick play that ultimately didn't work. And then down the stretch, Jim Harbaugh once again striked clock and uh, take a timeout to really save some key quality time. Uh, so other than that, Michigan had a phenomenal season. I, Michigan was a team a couple of years ago that we were putting Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat. We didn't know like what the ceiling was of Jim Harbaugh. I feel like the ceiling that he reached was 10 wins, wins and he kept knocking on the door, but when you're at Michigan, you have to beat your rival, Ohio State. That's pretty much the key goal. And the next goal is to reach the college football playoff semifinal. But I feel like the next goal for Michigan that they haven't really been able to reach their point is that it reminds me of the team back in the day well, with Lincoln Riley. I say back in the day, but it was a couple of years ago. Michigan has made it to the college football playoff semifinal in back-to-back years. If you remember last year, they faced Georgia and got absolutely exposed. This they Kind of kept it competitive. I know, like I mentioned, it was like a 20-7 TC leading for most of the game. Uh, but Michigan was able to show some fight through show some fight uh, in that fourth quarter late in the game. But ultimately, it was too late. So that's the one thing I want to see from Michigan is can they make it over that home? I know that they can reach the playoffs in my final now. Now can they reach the national championship when they're national championship? Um, it feels like it a very long time. Uh, this is a very historic program, and it's definitely great to see them uh, be on the top of the Big Ten Conference uh, once again. So I see from top to bottom, especially from what they lost, Aiden Hutchinson, one of the defenders that I've seen in quite some time, maybe since the Desmond Howard days uh, when he played both wide receiver and corner uh, for the Wolverines. But I feel like J.J. McCarthy, he really stepped into a vital role. We saw Caden McNamara. He's going to be now transferring to Iowa. And then we saw the – 
the du- dynamic duo of Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards. Does. So that's going to be a really good, and then they have a really good defense. So one of the best defense we see alongside uh, Illinois, uh, who's in the West. Uh, so I think that uh, Michigan is my standout. Ohio State's a close second just because that they really showed me uh, what that they were capable of in the semifinal game in the Peach Bowl against Georgia. All right, let's go to our most improved. Uh, there's a couple of teams here, but I ultimately went with Penn State now. It's not really a most improved uh, Penn State, I believe, was a nine-win or last season. But I feel like overall, they just felt like they had that sense of identity to you. Now, I know that they didn't uh, win the big games uh, that they that Nittany Lion fans are hoping for, was to beat your arch rivals in Ohio State uh, in Michigan. So you got to win those. If you're at Penn State, I, I feel like a lot of Penn State fans are glad that Sean Clifford is out the door. But Clifford did have a good game against Utah, against the Rose Bowl game. Uh, so hopefully he does enough to maybe get, uh, you know, six-round, seventh-round draft pick. I don't know. As of right now, I would probably him as an undrafted free agent. Maybe he goes on to a team that is really a quarterback need. Uh, but Penn State, he, I mean, their freshman, Nick Singleton, he's going to be the much from here on out. I mean, this is the next Saquon Barkley right in our eyes. So I think Penn State, the way that Ohio State set up, they're going to be losing C.J. Stroud. You still have Marvin Harrison Jr. Losing uh, JSN. Uh, So you're going to be losing a couple of your key guys uh, on offense. We saw Travion Henderson uh, deal with an injury as well. Their defense uh, is going to be improving, especially with Jim Knowles. But I feel like Penn State's defense – is going to be really top-notch. Again, I know they're, they're losing Jerry Porter Jr., but they have been doing well. James Franklin has been doing recruiting trail. So they're just going to reload at every position. So I think that Penn State is my most improved uh, from this past season. Loser, pretty easy to me is Michigan State. I kind of saw this coming, but it's sad to see them go from what they were last year, one of the best teams, not only in the Big Ten Conference, uh, but also in the whole college football landscape five and seven overall three and six in the conference uh party and like i mentioned their big uh ticket that really left them was kenneth walker he came in here I believe he was at uh, an acc school uh before coming i believe it was uh virginia tech uh before he transferred to into michigan state the season he had last year i mean he just lit this whole entire conference on with his run uh, on the ground and then also his pass catching ability had one of his best games uh, against Michigan last season uh, whenever Michigan State uh, was down big in that game but ultimately came back uh, and uh, Michigan State was a and so they didn't lose to Purdue at the end of the season this would have been a team that potentially could have been in Michigan shoes uh, last year and vying for college football playoff semifinal but ultimately that didn't happen they saw a little bit of so, but they saw a major collapse. I mean, if you remember, Michigan State was a top 15 preseason team in the AP poll and all just poll as well. So this was a team that were, was receiving a lot of hype, but I just didn't really see it with this team. Uh, their defense has some holes, their offense, losing a couple of their key guys. They still have Payton Thorne, which is always nice. Uh, you want that veteran experience, but they just couldn't really beat with these higher-powered off uh, that these you know Ohio State's the Penn States as well. They've put up some points this season. So Michigan is my loser in the East. Uh, so that uh, really concludes the East division. Now let's go over to the West. We'll start out this time with a loser. And the loser Nebraska, 
four and eight overall, three and six in the conference. I mean, this was a do or die year for Scott and he's out the door. Now, Nebraska decided to hire uh, Matt Rule, the former Baylor and Temple head coach uh, in the college days in the NFL. He was the Carolina Panthers head coach. Didn't quite work out uh, at the professional level, but at the college level, he has been able to win a, two of the toughest programs. I mean, Temple and Baylor are not too easy programs, not really what you call powerhouse programs in the college football landscape, but Nebraska, really, their season got off to a rough start. Uh, they headed over the pond uh, to Ireland to face uh, Northwestern. Now, Northwestern was coming off a disaster year. One of their worst years was their worst year. But Northwestern ultimately beat Nebraska. If you remember, go back to uh, Nebraska had a chance. They're up 10, and they decided to go with a stupid call, go with onside kick which pretty much lit a fire up Northwestern's butt and Northwestern went on a little run there and Northwestern was able to win that game. And guess what? That was their only one of the season. They went one and 11. That's pretty sad looking at Nebraska team. We were looking at the nineties, the eighties, seventies. Those were the team of those really three decades. They were, they were pretty much the Alabama of the 1990s uh, and so on and so forth. But this, the past couple of years just been abysmal Nebraska's gone through seven coaches. Uh, Mickey Joseph took over the interim uh, head coach. He has some experience uh, at LSU. Uh, he decided to move on to Nebraska. And they really had the offense that I thought that was going to propel them to maybe like a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five season. I had Nebraska at a 7-5 and five season just sneak it into a bowl appearance, but never imagined that they would be 4-8 and eight and only have three wins uh, in the Big Ten. But they had some disaster losses, uh, one to Northwestern. They had a couple in the conference. But the one that really scratches your head is the Southern loss. Uh, they gave up 44 points in that game. I believe it was like a 44-42 to 42 type game. It was in Lincoln, Nebraska. So it's not like they had Statesboro, Georgia, uh, and traveled down south. This was at State. You know, Lincoln is always rocking. Uh, Memorial Stadium is always sold out no matter what. I mean, Nebraska go 0-12 and – it could be a sold-out venue, so I definitely um, you have to give your kudos uh, to the Nebraska fans because the past couple of years and probably even decade has been a complete disaster ever since moving from the Big 12 to the Big 10. I don't think they've really had a good season. Bo Pelini had a couple of nine-win seasons here, uh, but we'll see what he does uh, in this next year. It's definitely going to have to be a rebuild and re the West. Is going to be a big giant question mark like it's always been. Like, who we didn't even know that Purdue was going to win this conference. Uh, you know, a lot of the votes were to Iowa, Wisconsin. Those are two teams that kind of fell apart the, the end of the second half of the season. So, North, Nebraska to me, this was easy for me. Obviously, I could have went with Northwestern, but I think I didn't really have any expectations for Northwestern. Uh, Evan is definitely not what I'm used to, especially with Pat Fitzgerald's. Uh, club uh, but we'll see if northwestern uh, can get back maybe into the mix uh, that the team's had a couple of appearances surprise appearances uh, in the big 10 championship but we'll see if it comes uh, for these uh, corn huskers of nebraska uh my most improved team uh you could have gone many many ways with this one uh, i'm gonna go with minnesota in the end nine and four overall five and four in the conference minnesota's kind of been that team that's in the mix but they haven't really you know, since that, I believe it was like 2019 season uh, when they were ranked in the top six. And then they lost to Wisconsin uh, in that blizzard of a game uh, out there in Minnesota. 
that has been like a seven win, eight win. This was their first nine win season uh, since that 2019 season when they wins during that year. Uh, but this was their last year, last ride with Tanner Morgan. And he, he was okay. He's, you know, never been that quarterback that's really pizzazz like a C.J. Stroud in this league. Minnesota with P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, where he's been, especially with Western Michigan and now here at Minnesota, he's been a proven winner. He's been a consistent winner as well. He won the MAC championship uh, back whenever he was with Western Michigan and they uh, went to the Cotton Bowl to Wisconsin and Wisconsin ended up winning that game. Uh, but this year, uh, Minnesota didn't really – I didn't really see any vote or any people were saying like, okay, they're going to be like a fourth team or, or third best team in this. They're a very veteran bunch. They're really solid uh, running back. Ibrahim uh, was a really good uh, running back for them. He's going to be a, a stud in the NFL. I feel like whatever franchise gets him in the NFL draft, uh, they're going to get a steal. He's projected to go uh, in the fourth, maybe third round as of early, but I would have to say as of now, fourth or fifth round pick. I think that Minnesota for sure is my most improved. My stand also, anyways, I mean, it is all bunched up at the top. You have Purdue, eight and six, Illinois, eight and five, Iowa, eight and five. I know that, I mean, you can't really look at their last game of the season. Uh, they had a lot of opt outs against LSU in the Citrus Bowl, got blown out 63 to seven uh, by the Tigers. Uh, Charlie Jones is going to leave. Aiden O'Connell is going to leave. I mean, per season, they lost their head coach. Uh, Jeff Brown went down to Louisville. They have a new head coach. Uh, the, they got the defensive coordinator from Illinois that's going to be taking his play. Uh, but I, I got to give it to, to – I just feel like overall that they were my standout of the season. I didn't really like Purdue. I mean, they had a couple of good wins. Yes, they were a really evenly matched team. Uh, each week, uh, but I feel like Illinois from top to bottom, their defense was one of the best. That's probably why their defensive coordinator is heading uh, to Purdue to be their head coach. Uh, Chase Brown, one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, and you could potentially argue also uh, in all of college football, but he'll be leaving as well. We saw Tommy DeVito uh, have a decent season with this Illinois team. In Illinois, with Brett Bielema, you're going to get a lot of run and hardly any throwing. I mean, this is going to be a team that's going to want to grind you out. It's going to be like a 16 to 7 game. It's going to be something like that. But I feel like Illinois from top to bottom uh, was the best and consistent team. Uh, and I know that they had some losses where you scratch your head. They almost beat uh, Michigan at the house or uh, was a couple of first downs away uh, from really shaking up the college football playoff landscape. It ultimately didn't do that. So Illinois is going to be my standout. So that's going to wrap up our Big Ten season in review. And our Big Ten season in review this is brought to you by our first sponsor of the show, and that is Piper Golf Balls. If you want to pipe your drives with Piper Golf Balls, some qual some tour quality balls at a non-tour quality price, you can head on over and use our link, piper.golf slash sports scramble 10. Use that code, get 10% off of your purchase. It's going to be any purchase. It doesn't have to be your first purchase if you or some golf balls whenever you're going out with your friends, your buddies, going out for either nine holes or 18 holes. Piper Golf Balls is the right brand for you. So let's go on now to our news segment. We have a couple of news uh, segments as well. Then we'll talk a little bit about the NFL Combine, talk about some winners, and then also measurables uh, that could 
can really shake up the draft order as well. So let's hit the news first, and we're going to go on to the Big 12 country for his first piece of news, and that is Steve Sarkeesian gave us a little bit of insight of what the Texas uh, quarterback job is. He said that Ewers standing or in competition for the job. Quinn Ewers uh, was the starting quarterback this season, got injured against Alabama. Hudson Card uh, took over for a couple of games, and then we saw Quinn Ewers. Uh, finish out the season for Texas. So, but this year it's going to be a completely new quarterback room. Hudson Card is transferring to Purdue, and then Quinn is back. And they're getting Arch Manning. Uh, Arch Manning, we know his last name: Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Cooper Manning. Really good football family as well. So he has the genes in him. A lot of expectations going to be around Arch Manning just because he is the nephew of two great NFL quarterbacks, of so Peyton Manning. And um, Eli Manning as well. So how is he going to temper these expectations as a freshman? I mean, we have seen so many great quarterbacks in the past. The expectations really get to in their freshman year doesn't really pan out to what, you know, the experts are saying. Uh, You know, all the websites really have them as one of the top uh, recruits in the nation as well in the state of Louisiana coming from Newman High School in New Orleans. Really had a successful uh, couple of years in a high school career. Uh, led Newman. Now Newman uh, was, you know, one of the past. Never won a state championship uh, in his time uh, with Newman, uh, but Newman has always really a powerhouse program. And then Quinn Ewers last year, he, he really showed his spurts. I think that his best game of the season was against Alabama. I wish we could have saw him complete the whole game against Alabama, but injuries happen. That's just the beauty of college football. Uh, so this is definitely interesting. I don't think it should come as a surprise. I believe that this is going to be open uh, competition for the get-go. Uh, Quinn Ewers did show some bursts. has a really strong arm. Uh, Arch Manning has a really strong arm as well. So these are two really unique quarterbacks and really similar quarterbacks as well. But to me, I feel like if I had to say who's going to be quarterback for the Longhorns in their first game, I still have to go with the experience of Quinn Ewers. I feel like Arch Manning – Sit behind Quinn Ewers for a year. If you want to use your his red shirt, go for it. It's, it's not like you know you're going to do anything with it as well. So I think you're you are going to see Arch Manning uh, in some competition uh, throughout the season. It's not going to be probably against any Big Twelve opponents unless uh, Quinn Ewers goes down with another injury. Uh, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if we saw both quarterbacks. You know we haven't really seen. Uh, really college football coaches go with two quarterbacks uh, for the whole entire season and it work out. But we'll see if this works out. But for now, I have to go with Quinn Ewers. I think that he's going to get the job done and it'll be the starting quarterback. All right. So, so the new segment is surrounding executives wanting to shorten the games. Now we're seeing this with both college baseball and MLB. They've really implemented uh, pitch clock rules. Uh, if you take too long, it's a 22nd, pitch clock so say if you take too long and the pitcher it's a it's a, a ball for the batter and if it's uh in the instance of the hitter then if they take too long uh, 20 seconds the box take too long you could get uh, called a strike so the college football executives are trying to do the same thing uh, like major league baseball and college baseball is doing as well uh, so i'm pulling up this article here so the measures are meant to reduce plays for both safety and game links reasons, according to the report. Now, the college chisels of what they're doing here is they're going to be outlawing consecutive timeouts, which means the rule would prevent 
One timeout for being called right after offense as teams try to ice kickers. The next rule I want to do is not extending the quarters. This rule can make it so that a first or third quarter would not be extended for an untimed down. If the quarter ends on a defensive penalty, in that case, the down would be clocked in the next quarter. Next one is the running clock. According to this rule, the clock will continue to run after offense gains a first down, except inside, inside two minutes and a half. The fourth rule is another running clock rule. This measure, considered the most controversial, will have the clock continue to run after incomplete pass once the ball has been spotted for play. But we have been really seeing some rule changes. You're seeing in the X like some weird and wacky rules. You have to go for it after you score a touchdown. You have to go for the two-point conversion. I've seen on the kick, you have to kick it in the kickoff red zone, or you get like a 20-yard penalty, and you're set up at the 40-yard line. Uh, so – this is just, I guess, this is what's going to happen. I mean, if one league is going to fall out, I feel like college football NFL is going to be the next leagues to do it. It's just people are tired of really sitting on their couches or either being at the games for like four or five hours. We're seeing CBS, ESPN, Fox, a lot of commercials tying up their games. CBS is probably the worst of them, really taking like a four-hour could turn like a two and a half hour, three hour game to five hours, depending on how many timeouts and commercials they have. You know, they had the guy on the sideline holding up digital video board. It's either a minute 30, two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, how long the commercials is. So I feel like if these are going to pass, uh, I hope it doesn't ruin the game. I, did, I don't really like the whole entire college you know, the college baseball and the MLB rules of the pitch clock. I know I know that they're, they're trying to speed up the game. But at the same time, like I said on Sports Scramble, if you're going to, you know, put a pitch clock on the – and also the pitcher, you got to put a pitch clock or some game clock on the umpires because I feel like the umpires want to review everything. I don't think it's gotten that bad uh, in college football. But I feel like if you're going to put, you know, try and shorten the games, then why are we going to review every play? So hopefully it just doesn't ruin the game too much. I'm okay for shortening the games, but talk to me, it's kind of stupid and weird. I feel like that would kind of, you're trying to just say like you're in a two minute drill and the clock is running it to really hurry up tempo. Like the NFL, you'll still get the running clock. Uh, but in college football, whenever you step out of bounds, uh, the clock stops. And then a fail, that could also vary as well. So who knows? I'm sure that this is going to change throughout the all. But as of now, the college football executives are just floating some rule changes to see if they want to shorten the college football games heading into this season. I don't know if it's going to happen this season. Probably not. It usually takes some time for rule changes to be passed off. There's a board. There's a a board of executives as well. So I feel like this is going to be as early as 2024, 2025, if we ever see this, but it has to pass, uh, that has to go through the board in the board of executives as well. So our news is brought to you by our second sponsor of the show, and that is Yeti. Yeti offers free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Stock up on coolers, drinkware, and luggage durable enough for any adventure. You can add it on over, use our link. It is Yeti us.pxf.io slash scramble and now on to our question of the day and also you can answer this if you're listening to it as well on wherever you find your podcast and our question of the day is which team 
and the Big Ten, who disappointed in 2022, could get back on track in 2023. And I feel like y'all should know this, of who I'm going to go if I was really high on this school's hire, and that is Wisconsin. We saw with Luke Fitt with with Cincinnati really building up that game of what Cincinnati did. They were the first group of five team to break really the, the, the glass and the walls of the group of five. The group of five has teams in the past, the BCS era, in the college football playoff era as well. We saw UCF have a couple of years uh, with Scott Frost. Uh, their best shot at 2017, but they never really got a chance. They were in the top ten from 2017-2018 on. And then we saw Cincinnati uh, last uh, in 2021. They got their chance against Alabama. Alabama really won that game pretty good in the BCS era. We saw Boise State. That was really the team of that era to really break the glass And that. TCU was also another one whenever they were in the Mountain West. But Wisconsin, to me, they finished 7-6 and six overall, 4-5 and five in the conference. And the quarterback play has to be better. Graham Mertz had a down year season for me, the Wisconsin offense. Really, the lone positive for the Badgers offense uh, was Braylon Allen, their running back. Their defense is always going to be good. They have one of the best defensive coordinators in Jim Leonard. I was surprised that they just didn't upgrade Jim Leonard to the uh, the head coach position, uh, but Leonard is staying on staff uh, to bring some staff in from Cincinnati and all around. So I think that this is a, a this is a slam dunk hire for, to bring a guy like Luke Fickle, who's a proven winner. He's seasoned, and a Wisconsin program, you know, has been on the front door. They've been multiple years in the Big Ten championship. They won the Big Ten championship in a couple of years. Went to the road. They've really been a consistent program uh, in the Big Ten. But this was one of the the last two years have really been down years. Uh, we're used to to seeing with this program. But uh, Wisconsin, there's a lot to improve. 2022 down year, really bottom of the pack here in the East, uh, actually in the West, excuse me. So I think like like us is really wide open. We don't know what Nebraska, what they're going to be doing with the new uh, head coach and hire, Matt Rule. Purdue is probably going to fall off, especially with the talent that they're losing. Illinois, who knows what they're going to like. Uh, you know, they're losing Devon Witherspoon, cornerbacks. Um uh, other team last year, and then Chase Brown, one of their best running backs. Minnesota, they're going to be losing some guys. Iowa, they're going to be bringing in Cade McNamara, and I would have to assume that he's going to be starting well. So there are going to be some minimal threats, but I feel like what Scott's have right now, especially with the coach, I know it's a first-year coach, usually it takes some time, but Wisconsin, to me, is a team that has disappointed last season that I think that back on actually win the Big Ten West. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, so our question of the day is presented by Fanatics. If you want to use our support your sports teams and also support your favorite podcast, College Football Coast. Fanatics.93n6tx.net slash sports scramble. And Fanatics always has some good deals. Usually on Sundays is 24 ship. Uh, along the week, they have uh, a couple of codes that you can use 65% off site wide. Fanatics is a phenomenal website. I always use it pretty much every day, every week, whenever I need something. Uh, update my sports memorabilia. Always head over to Fanatics. And before I get, before we end the show, I did want to talk about the NFL combine uh, of some of our winners as well. Let me 
Uh, first, we'll go into the measurables uh, of uh, one quarterback that everyone has their eyes on, and that is Bryce Young. Coming in at 5'10", uh, 190 pounds. Uh, so if you're an NFL scouts, I mean, the quota is to be at least over six foot. I mean, if you're like 5'10", 5'11", like, you curse you, you're too short for this. But we have seen short quarterbacks, obviously, are always going to be looking at is Drew Brees. Uh, he was pretty much in the same boat uh, coming out of Purdue. So I don't think that there's nothing that anybody should worry about. I, don't, I mean, I know that he's the lightest quarterback going to be drafted since 2006, going to be the shortest quarterback. I mean, 5'10 isn't short to me, but in the football world, that's short. Uh, but he's going to be the shortest quarterback drafted uh, in the first round as uh, Murray. Kyler Murray got off to a really uh, good NFL career, but in the has been dealing with some injuries that's really been keeping him down and really keeping him from his uh, from his ceil- reaching his ceiling as well. Uh, so Bryce Young, to me, he's going to be a top five pick. Uh, the Bears are, are the number one overall pick. Uh, a lot of reports, and it's assumed at this point, that away from the one number one pick. So if I had to really pick a team, Bryce Young, that really fits in well is going to be the Houston Texans. Another quarterback measurables uh, that had some – Really question marks at Stetson Bennett. He came in at 5'11", 192 pounds at the NFL scouting combine. That just wrapped up this past weekend. Stetson Bennett, he's a proven winner. Uh, like I mentioned last uh, night show on Sports Scramble, is that he's a proven winner. And not only is that, I mean, just look at his story. He was a walk-on. He uh, transferred to his dream school in Georgia, has a f- sensational career at Georgia, leading them to back-to-back national championships. Stetson Bennett's going to be a day three guy. I think he's going to go in the fifth round, maybe go in the sixth round. I would say as early as the fourth round, there are going to be some teams. There are some question marks, you know, on the field uh, as well. Uh, you know, he has, you know, an average arm, not really a great arm, but he has shown that uh, throughout the combine. Uh, he was able to complete in some of the drills. And also, uh, he's. I'm sure that he's going to be competing uh, in the Georgia Pro Day as well. But the quarterback that really won the day in the week is Anthony Richardson. He ran a 4-4, 40-yard dash, uh, really broke some records both for the broad jump also the, as well. Uh, really showed his strength in the arm. Uh, had some drills that he ran with uh, with the wide receivers that were involved in inviting the scouting combine. So Anthony Richardson, uh, we saw as, you know, Vegas has been on it for a couple of weeks. Opening up uh, the books, plus 10,000 to go first overall. Now that has dropped to plus 750. That was before the week of the scouting combine. I, I bet it's it's pretty much almost like plus 500, maybe even a guarantee that can happen. So what about Anthony Richardson? I don't think that he's going to go number one overall. Top 10, yes. But we have seen in the past that a lot of these quarterbacks get hyped up. Lamar Jackson got hyped up. Where did he go in the late first round? Um like he went in the second round so there's been some you know a lot of guys with hype you know like oh this guy's going to be a top 10 top 10 pick but ultimately ends up going in the late first round or second round but i feel like to me this guy just has so many you know comparisons in the nfl got the the size and stature of josh allen he's got really the speed you know of a justin fields and you know he just has everything but uh, the one question mark I have is like the tape. Like he has really good measurables and all this, but the tape to me didn't really impress me. 
but I'm sure that NFL scouts, some of them don't even look at that. So I think that Anthony Richardson overall is going to be a top 10 pick and there's going to be some, uh, somebody who is just praying that they really strike on uh, their quarterback prospect here. Uh, running back. I feel like Jameer Gibbs had a really uh, phenomenal pro day, uh, four, three, six, who was really solid uh, throughout the drills as well. Wide receiver that won the day was Zay Flowers. He also had a really good combine as well. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts. Uh, have them as early as, you know, pick 15. There's some wide receiver needy teams as early as uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay might be looking at either a wide receiver tied in uh, with their first overall pick. The Ravens could be another uh, NFL team that could be in the market uh, with a wide receiver position as well. Saints, uh, could they go with a, with a late first-round pick as well? There's a lot of teams in the that could get them. So I think that Zay Flyers is going to be in that range uh, whenever it comes to the NFL draft. And then finally, the tight end, uh, Darn Washington won the day for me. I mean, that one-handed catch just did enough for me. I mean, what a grab that was. He really showed his size and stature. I mean, the man ran, what was it, like a 4-6, four, four, I believe? Four. It was like either uh, – it was either like a four, like a early, kind of like a lower four six, but either a high four five. But I mean, he's built six seven two forty five two fifty five somewhere around that range. I mean, he is just a athlete, and he can also, you know, just look at the catches that he had throughout his Georgia career. I mean, this man ha- is built like pretty much like an offensive tackle. He's pretty soon an extra blocker position. So this is going to be a steal. He's going to be the steal of the draft. Whoever gets him, just going to get a freakish of athlete. There are some needy teams. Cincinnati could be a team that could be looking for a tight end. Green Bay could also be looking for a tight end. I mean, if you're a comparison, Mercedes Lewis is the guy for you. He just reminds me so much of Mercedes Lewis. And I think that he could have as good of a career as Mercedes or an even better career of Mercedes Lewis some of my winners and my takes of the NFL Combine. Uh, we'll be able to see more of these high-profile prospects at their pro days. Usually most of them start at mid-March. They go all the way into the April month whenever the NFL draft starts in late April. But it's going to our season in review series and the Big Ten catch us next week uh, for our last and final uh, they're going to be looking at is the SEC and that's going to conclude our season in review series. So if you want any of our content here on the Belly Up Media Sports Network, you can catch Sports Scramble on Sunday nights. But we kind of really halted uh, doing the live shows. Uh, our recording, we record it either Sunday or Monday nights. Just kind of depends on the guys' schedules when everyone's available. College football, Coast to Coast on Monday afternoon. That really is just during the season. The off season is really going to fluctuate. Uh, the past couple of weeks, Jacob has been. So I've been taking the range of doing uh, the lone host spot here. Uh, but we'll have uh, Jacob back uh, next week uh, whenever we do our special March Madness bracket show. Now, I know that we're a college football show, but it's March. If it has to do something with college, we're going to be doing March Madness. March Madness is a big event. Uh, so we're going to be doing our probably either going to be come. It's probably going to come either Monday uh, or Tuesday of next week. So definitely be uh Tune in uh, for that. And then uh, we'll, we'll probably be having two episodes uh, next week come out. So definitely look for that season and review series. And we'll also have our March Madness bracket show like we do yearly. And then SEC Talk Tuesday night. Uh, I'm actually going to be recording um, a little SEC tournament preview in a couple of minutes. So that should be coming out on Tuesday afternoon. 
And then SEC Talk will return on Monday night uh, next week, probably Monday afternoon. I know that we're going to be doing Sports Scramble. We're going to be doing that show on Monday night. So you might have to do Talk in the evening. Uh, So it's going to be a busy week, especially with March. And then also with NFL Draft uh, coming soon. So I hope everyone has a good rest of your week. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of College Football Coast to Coast. Enjoy the rest of your week.